Hey friend, I thought it would be fun to start this episode off with a little segment I'll call Who is this person? (laughs) And why are they talking to me? Um, So why did I start a podcast? My name is Barbara Hamilton and I'm a medical doctor or shortened to MD in Southern California and I'm originally from the East Coast. So I have some East Coast speech patterns that I was recently made aware of. Um, And I can be a little bit to the point. Let's put it that way. Uh, A patient recently told me that he picked out my East Coast accent. He asked if I was from New York uh, because of the way that I said important. And this is something I did not realize. Um, So apparently, Being from the mid-Atlantic region, we swallow the last part of that word, and it's probably like what I've often been made fun of for, which is the way I say water. Um, So in New Jersey, where I'm from, we don't have time to say water, so we say water. And so you probably also have some funny regionalisms, and I wonder if you'll share those. Um, Feel free to leave a comment here wherever you're listening. Um, So I feel like this is important because when we're talking about women in male-dominated fields, it's important to know I'm not just from this Southern California bubble uh, and I don't completely lack perspective from other areas of the country. So I am from the East Coast. Uh, So now I've never actually practiced in the South or the middle of the country. So I realize that I certainly, I don't have every experience Uh, No one does, but I may have some blind spots when it comes to talking about women in male-dominated fields in other areas uh, geographically. But no matter where you train or where you practice, it's important to realize that work cultures can vary from place to place. So whether that's as it relates to your institution, your region, or the local cultural milieu, these can vary a lot. And that is what chapter two of my book is about. So save lives, enjoy your own is all about this. Uh, If you're just tuning in, my book that I'm referring to is the one that I published in October of 2020. It's called Save Lives, Enjoy Your Own, Finding Your Place in Medicine. And before I get into this excerpt of the book that I wanted to share with you today, I want to let you know about a couple of things. So number one, I have free resources on my website for women who want to thrive in male-dominated fields. So my favorite one is uh, a recording of seven huge lessons that I learned on the path to where I am today as a physician leader, both in my community and nationally. So it was not always a pretty process, trust me. I called this little pep talk I put together seven things to keep you going strong on the path to becoming a doctor. But really, I am suspecting that women in other STEM fields may find comfort in this recording as well. And in it, I describe some of my most cringeworthy failures and how they still led to the astounding life that I get to lead now. If you're interested in that recording, you can sign up to listen to it Um, at tiredsuperheroine.com. You'll want to scroll to the bottom of the page where there's a pink background and some pretty white and gold headphones and uh, sign up by clicking on that pretty image. 
Another announcement I'm super pumped about uh, is that I'm starting to accept registrations for my retreat for women in male-dominated fields. So consider this episode sponsored by the Tired Superheroine Retreat. So this retreat will take place in Palm Springs in my very own neighborhood. So trust me, I know where all the good things are. And that's going to take place on October 24th through the 28th. So at this point, it's still all pending COVID and we will only gather if we can gather safely. But this retreat is for women who identify as women (laughs) who are pursuing procedurally oriented and male-dominated fields. Okay, so whether you are a surgery or surgeon or an interventional radiologist, a gastroenterologist or a critical care doc. Um, this is for you. So, and everyone in between this retreat, uh, retreats purpose is to relax and come together so we can mastermind some solutions to common challenges that we face. And this will be in an extraordinary setting to get more information about the retreat. You can head to tiredsuperheroin.com forward slash retreat, or you can also find it in the main menu at tiredsuperheroin.com where you'll see retreat. So you can sign up for retreat specific updates on that webpage. And uh, when you're ready to actually reserve your spot, you can make a refundable deposit with me. So I would love to have you join me for this amazing retreat in October. And I will completely refund you no questions asked for your deposit through Uh, at least June 1st. And so, you know, that's the refund date right now. Of course, as I said, this retreat will only happen if we can gather safely. And if we can't gather safely, I'm giving everyone their money back. This is just to help me with the hotel deposit that I've put down. So with that, I would love to share an excerpt of chapter two of my book, Save Lives, Enjoy Your Own. This is from page 29. And if you hear my little boy in the background, apologies for that. (laughs) This is just real life here. Okay, chapter two, finding your people in medicine. So how do you go about finding the right fit in medicine? Part of finding your place is finding the people you connect with. As an example, I'm an interventional radiologist. In parentheses, that's shortened to IR. My field is comprised of physicians who use minimally invasive techniques to navigate through the body under image guidance. Unlike traditional surgery, we use stealthy devices narrower than the diameter of a pencil to do our work, rather than incisions. We can use these tools inside the blood vessels to reopen an artery that's become occluded by cholesterol and calcified plaque. The techniques we use often allow for a quicker recovery and decreased periprocedural risk compared to traditional surgery. Our technological, technologically and device-driven field Excuse me, in our technologically and device-driven field, we even share a specialty-specific slang, which describes the unique feel to our work and the tools we use to perform it. Because of these commonalities, we tend to share many of the same values around patient care. We speak the same language and find ourselves on the same wavelength. This is what it's like to find your kin in medicine. Initially, it wasn't clear that these were my people. When I encountered IR for the first time, 
Even as a taller than average woman, I felt small, almost negligible. I was surrounded by towering men, a stereotypical scenario in my specialty. Beyond that surface observation, however, I felt highly engaged by what was happening in the procedure suite. Despite initial appearances, it became clear. I did belong there. Sometimes later, our group comprised of attendings, trainees, and students mulled over a clinical question. I looked up the answer and emailed it to my attending, who happened to be fellowship director. Sorry, I can't remember what the clinical question was. <laughs> he was so impressed, though, by my initiative, just by this example, that he asked my mentor about my residency application. While this action didn't require any stroke of genius on my part, it demonstrated interest. And what I heard, and when I heard that I'd impressed my attending, I felt like I'd won the lottery. The excitement I felt, the feeling of being turned on by a field, is a clue that you might enjoy an entire career in it. So despite my initial misgivings about fitting in, I felt welcomed and invited to pursue my interest further. In the questions that come at the end of chapter two, I ask you to reflect, even if it wasn't in an area you're currently pursuing, on whether you have experienced any moments in school or in training in which you clicked with people right away. If so, I want you to think about where you were, who you were with, and what you were doing. The answers to these questions can help guide you in the direction of your personal career bliss, even if they didn't take place in the exact setting that you're planning on going into. A personal example for me was on a urology elective. I just randomly ended up on a urology elective within my surgery rotation, and I honestly can't even remember how, uh, because urology was not on my radar. I remember that I was with a very kind urologist in his office and he handed me a cystoscope that had already been inserted into a patient's urinary bladder. And, uh, you know, as I said, urology was not even on my radar as a potential career. Uh, so I was really pleasantly surprised by the familiar feeling of what felt like holding on to a remote control. It was kind of like playing a video game, which was something I was very familiar with. As a kid, I spent plenty of time playing video games. With a little bit of fumbling and some beginner's luck, I was able to maneuver the scope under the urologist's direction. So I was just looking left and right in the patient's bladder. I got to locate the ureteral orifices and honestly, that would have been good enough for me, but apparently just my ability to hold the instrument without, I guess, dropping it on the floor uh, was enough to get a compliment from this urologist. So um, little clues like this can be good clues that maybe you have some budding procedural skill. It's really small moments like this that make a surgeon, or in my case, an image-guided magician, right? <laughs> I'm kind of kidding, but um, that's kind of a stereotype in my specialty that we just create magic. So I embrace that stereotype a little bit. 
I hope you find this podcast really helpful. If you do, please share it with a friend or someone who could use a little encouragement in their own male-dominated sphere, okay? It's about finding, honing, and wielding our talents over here on the Save Lives, Enjoy Your Own podcast. Till next time, be well. Before you head out, I just want to make sure you are aware of all the blog posts at tiredsuperheroine.com. These are all about uh, three things. The first category is building your career and what I like to refer to as career capital. So how can you make yourself really look valuable, as valuable as you are because you're so valuable at work? And make your superiors and those around you see what a great job you're doing it's not always going to happen automatically. So I share some of my tricks and tips for that. Growing your career, building a reputation. The second topic I really like to talk about on the blog is about balance. And for me, that includes parenting, a little toddler of mine. Uh, So uh, along the way, I've talked about what it's like to be a parent in a surgically oriented or male dominated field. The third topic that I am really passionate about is personal finance. So how can you thrive financially as a female breadwinner or as a woman in a male-dominated field? You have to negotiate for yourself and advocate for yourself in various ways and also basically get a side education in personal finance. So I'll educate you um, and encourage you in all those ways at tiredsuperheroine.com. All right, see you next week.